we're going to move into the 12 links and because the 12 links is a teaching that goes into much more detail about how the death and rebirth process happens. So I've prepared some, the, the drawing that describes the Wheel of Life and then a brief outline of the 12 links just to give you, you know, for use as a basis when we're talking. This drawing is called the Wheel of Life and this often appears on the doors to the prayer rooms in the Tibetan monastery. The idea being that this drawing is really explaining samsara, you know, cyclic existence, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, and all the, the confusion in the middle. And if you see that before you go into the prayer room, it gives you some energy to concentrate when you're doing prayer. <laughs> yeah? So this big demon-like figure that we see here, that's the Lord of Death. Okay? Yama. Yeah? Like a cat at Cloud Mountain. Okay? <laughs> Yama. <laughs> and, you know, so we're, it's like samsara, the, the five aggregates, our body and mind, this, this thing of taking one rebirth after the next. It's held by the four limbs, you know, and the fangs of the Lord of Death. We're in the jaws of the Lord of Death. The four limbs that are holding it are birth, sickness, old age, and death. So it's so we're really caught in the whole thing. The outer rim and the outside is a pictorial representation of the 12 links. And I'll get into explaining all of those next time. The next rim in where you have, you'll see it's divided into six sections. Those are the six realms. Okay? And then... The ring inside of that, you have some beings go down, going down and some beings coming up. So it shows that some beings have lower, are going to lower realms and some are being reborn in upper realms. And in the very center, you have a pig and in its mouth it's holding a chicken and a, um, and a snake. So the pig represents ignorance. And its whole, and what's coming from it is, uh, attachment and anger. Attachment being the, the bird or the chicken, and anger being the snake. Okay? So, in a pictorial way, what we're seeing here is that encircled by the Lord of Death and the four tragedies of birth, old age, sickness, and death, we go through this system of the 12 links, taking one rebirth after another, in the six realms, which are depicted there, sometimes going up, sometimes going down, and the whole thing depending upon ignorance, anger, and attachment. And then, in the upper left corner is the Pure Land, and I believe that's Amitabha Buddha, Okay, so it's showing that it's possible to be reborn in the pure land whereby we are out of cyclic existence and we have all the good uh, conditions uh, around us to be able to practice. And in the upper le- uh, right hand, you have a picture of the Buddha pointing. Yeah, And so he's pointing the way to practice, pointing the way out of cyclic existence. 
Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. I think that, that that's symbolizing that death isn't our favorite thing to do. Yeah. But does he have a? Yeah, it was interesting. The Tibetans talk about a lot of these things in a very literal way and then in a very symbolic way. And I personally prefer the more symbolic interpretation. <laughs> yeah, because to me it, it just seems like just really, um, yeah, that, that our life is always overshadowed by death. Yeah, in the sense that we don't have the choice to live forever. Yeah, and so being held within that is, you know, this, and being constantly reminded reminded of our own mortality. Yeah, that's to me what what Yama, the Lord of Death, represents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, again, that's that's reminding us of mortality, and impermanence, transience, and death. Hmm. Well, usually, you know, when they, when they, uh, when you have a rosary, you know, or prayer beads, they can just be regular things, or some people get them where it's each one is carved into like a little skull. So that, you know, they're used for doing your practice. I wouldn't take any of them to make earrings out of. Yeah, if they were meant for spiritual practice. Personally, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's reminding us, which is so critical, is just to be aware of death while we're alive. Because if we were aware of death while we're alive, then death won't be a frightening thing. Yeah? And why? Because we'll have made our life very meaningful by, you know, when we remember death, it helps us distinguish what's valuable from what's not valuable in our life. What's important and what's not important. And so if we live our life with that kind of awareness, then when we die, we have no regrets about wasting our time or doing negative actions or things like that. Whereas if, when we don't remember transience, you know, when we don't remember our mortality, then we make big deals out of very small incidents and we create incredible negative karma, you know, because we latch on to some small thing in our life and just... This is a, you know, national disaster and creates so much negative karma. So the awareness of death really helps the mind to discriminate what's important from what's not important. And that automatically makes the life more peaceful and makes our dharma practice more effective. Yeah, and the more effective our dharma practice is when we're alive than when we die, it, you know, it becomes much easier. Yeah. So I was saying, telling you before, remember when we went into a lot of detail on death, that for the good practitioners, death is like going on a picnic. You know, it's like, and you even look at Terry, you know, this was something that's so incredible about the way Terry died, is that he really got all the different aspects of his life cleaned up and cleared up, and he wasn't afraid to die. And I've never seen somebody die quite like, like he did, you know, with this feeling of real fulfillment about his life. And, um, and he said to me a couple of days before I went into the coma that he just felt so happy to have met the Dharma and to have had the opportunity to practice. And it's really helped him. And he felt that that just really made his life very full. Yeah. So he didn't mind dying. 
and he had kind of spent time, you know, clearing things up with the people he needed to clear things up with. Yeah? And so I think when he died, he didn't, he didn't seem to have, you know, a lot of distress and regrets and things. Yeah? Whereas, um, you look and, and see, this is the importance of remembering death, because if we can live each day like that, then when, you know, each day goes by without regret, and we've, we live each day and we have clean, clear relationships with people. Yeah? Whereas and when we don't do that, then, you know, you you have to go to Stephen Levine and tell him in front of the whole big assembly hall of, you know, how much you regret not telling your mother this before she died or, you know. I mean, if they if they had, you know, Stephen Levine workshops in the Bardo, everybody would be there. You know? <laughs> They'd all be there. Oh, you know, I didn't tell my children this. No, I was so mean to my husband. And, you know, oh, my employer, I was really a bully. And, you know. And so if we remember death, then we really kind of clear all those things up on a day-to-day basis instead of carrying, you know, this stuff around with us. No, sometimes they're slightly different. Like instead of a monkey in a tree, you have a monkey in a house. And sometimes, you know, sometimes slightly different images. There's different presentations. But the 12 links are all the same.